sermon that Jesus ever preached was what we refer to as the Sermon on the Mount. Now, what we're going to be taking a look at is the Sermon on the Plain, I guess you might say. Now, some people look at this passage and they might say, well, you know, it was it was actually the same occasion. Maybe it was just a flat place that was among the mountains. And, and they might think about those things and all, but I kind of like a different way of thinking about it. I like the thinking about it is that Jesus preached the same types of things many different times throughout his ministry. And on one of those occasions, he was preaching on a mountain. On another occasion, he was preaching on a plain. And I'm sure that he preached the same type of sermon. Maybe some specifics were going to be a little different, but he would preach the same type of sermon over and over again because these are the types of things that we need to be hearing. That's why this, this sermon title is called Leveling the Playing Field because I really like uh, looking at Luke's 
account of this sermon or, or this sermon that he presents. It's recorded in Luke chapter 6. And here Jesus is not up on some mountain and everybody is down looking up at him. It's not one of those deals at all. Everybody is on a level place. Now, you know, I think that Luke did these things on purpose and kind of wrote these things the way that he did because Jesus, he did come down from heaven. I mean, we recognize and we believe that Jesus came down from heaven. But whenever he did that, yes, he came down to our own level. But in this case, he's quite literally coming down to our own level and saying that, uh, that we're on this, this plane together, so to speak. And a lot of what he says in this kind of explains why people didn't like his message. You know, we as Christians, we listen to what Jesus says and we, we think it sounds great. And it is great. But yet, among it, there are some values that are a little different than what the world might say. It's been referred to as the upside-down kingdom of heaven or the upside-down kingdom of God. That's what Luke continues to talk about. So let's take a look at uh, Luke chapter 6 together and see how Jesus levels the playing field, so to speak, and how he tells us that we need to be thinking more like this. He's bringing in a new way of thinking. Jesus constantly was bringing in a new way to be human. In Luke chapter 6, verses 17 through 19, Jesus went down with them and stood on a level place. A large crowd of his disciples was there, and a great number of people from all over Judea, from Jerusalem, and from the coastal region around Tyre and Sidon, who had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. Those troubled by impure spirits were cured, and the people all tried to touch him because power was coming from him and healing them all. So this passage it kind of mentions some of the things that I've already uh, brought out. It does mention that they were on this level place. You know, there's this plain there that they went to, this flat ground. And we see that what Jesus is going to be telling them is that the people that you think are going to be the important ones are not necessarily the ones that God thinks are important. And he wants us to think about things a little different. We see this group of people that's coming out, this great crowd that's coming out. Verse 18 tells us they were coming out to hear him, but also to be healed. So there's kind of two things that we see, to hear and to be healed. Those are the two main reasons why people are coming to Jesus. Isn't that oftentimes the same types of reasons why people might come to Christ now in this day and age? To hear this new thing, this, this interesting thing, this gospel message and to be helped in some way, to be healed in some way of uh, our, our difficulties that we, without a doubt, encounter in this life. So all of these people were coming to Jesus, and Jesus was healing them. But then he starts to proclaim this message. So we see the healing is already taking place. Now people are going to be hearing him. They're going to be listening to him. Verses 20 through 23. Looking at his disciples, he said, Blessed are you, who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, because great is your reward in heaven, for that is how our ancestors treated the prophets." 
So here in Luke, I, I like how he uh, mentions these blessings. Now, this is how the Sermon on the Mount starts from Matthew's gospel. But Matthew includes actually more blessings. And Luke kind of balances these statements out because he, he balances out these blessings with woes. We haven't got to those yet. We're about to. But he starts off with blessings. And they're going to be the same types of things as the woe, or I guess you might say, it's going to be the exact opposite things as what we see in the woes. Because he's saying that, look, these people in this life, in this world, as we look around and we might think, well, they're not all that important. You know, the poor people, the people who are hungry, who are weeping, um, you know, the, the people who are mistreated, they're not the special ones. They're the ones that are, you know, kind of low on the totem pole, we might say. But what Jesus says is, no, they're blessed. Now, he's not saying that automatically, you know, in order for you to follow him, you have to be poor and hungry and weeping and, you know, all these. He's not saying those things. He's just saying, look, if this is you, you're going to have your moment to shine. And just because you might be low on the totem pole, so to speak, and how we might consider, you know, low in our society, he says, it's not so with God. God sees you and he knows the difficulties that you have faced and he's raising you up. He raises up those who are low, and he's going to bring down those who are high, so to speak. That's why he starts here with the blessings, raising up the ones who are kind of low, so to speak. But now let's see the alternative to this. Verses 24 through 26, all of these are going to mirror what we saw about the blessings. He has these woes. But woe to you who are rich, for you have already received your comfort. Woe to you who are well fed now, for you will go hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when everyone speaks well of you, for that is how their ancestors treated the false prophets. So now we see these woes. Now, woes are not necessarily the exact same thing as, as a curse. They're, they might be related. Definitely with the woe, what we see is kind of caution. That, that's what we see. It's not so much that, oh, well, you're just you know, a horrible person if you're rich. That's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, watch out if you're rich. Because if you're already rich in this life, if you're well-fed in this life, and if you're laughing now and having a good time, and if people are speaking well of you, watch out because, you know, it, it's kind of an indicator that, yes, in this life, you might think, oh, well, you know, you're, you're just way up here. But he says, no, bring it down a little bit and, and pay attention. To how you're living and to what you're doing and he also compares these people to prophets with the blessings he says uh, you're going to be blessed because um you're like the prophets well in this case he says woe to you because you're going to be you are acting like the false prophets so how are we accepted by people how are we rejected by people? Uh, it's something that, that gives an indicator. Now, this doesn't mean that if you're a preacher, you need to you know, always make people mad at you. That's, once again, not what he's saying. He's just sending out a word of caution. If this describes you, pay attention, because it might be a little more difficult in this life to be able to follow God. After all, if you have enough money, and if you have enough food, and if you have enough pleasure, and all these other things, then you might find yourself not relying upon God. However, those blessings about people who don't have as much money, who don't have as much food, and, and who maybe are sad about something, it's easier, oftentimes at least, in those situations, to turn to God. And that's what we see. We see people who go through hardships often will turn to God. But people who, everything's going well in life, pay attention. That's what he's saying right here. 
And I would say also to you that, you know, we need to be paying attention to this too. Because I've mentioned these things before. You know, everybody who watches these videos right here, I mean, you've got some type of computer or some type of uh, a device that you're able to, to watch this and to uh, be able to, you know, interact with it. That is some type of an indicator about the riches that you might have. So these woes, listen up, pay attention. And I'm saying that to myself because, you know, just as I'm speaking to you all who have devices and are listening to these things, guess what? I've got my own device. I've got my own computer right here. And I've got, you know, riches and things like that. Even though we might not consider ourselves rich and we might not consider ourselves, you know, all of these things, I think many of us, we are exactly the type of people that he's describing right here. We need to pay attention. It doesn't mean it's impossible to become a Christian or to be a faithful Christian. It just means pay attention to these things. Pay attention to how you use what God has already given to you and how you share the things that God has already given to you because that is a, is a wonderful reflection about the type of person you are and who you really are. So when Jesus said things like this, we hear this and we think, oh, well, you know, this is a great message. He's bringing down uh, those who are, who are high and, and bringing up those who are low and kind of leveling the playing field. And we think, this is great. This is wonderful. But notice that, you know, it's not always great if you're at the, the negative end of this. Because he is leveling the playing field, many people who are up higher, they don't like this message. I mean, the ones who are lower, it makes sense that they might like it, but yet there's still this questioning, is this really the way the world works? Oftentimes, it's, it doesn't seem to be the way the world works because the ones who have power and the ones who have money seem to be the ones who are doing well and, and everything is going well in their lives. But Jesus comes and he says, this, this kingdom of God, it's different than you might expect. It's different than you might think it would be if you just look around at how things are going right now. And because he's bringing about this, this shift and this change about their culture, it, he, he's asking for them to accept a different type of culture than what they currently are in. Same thing for us, too. Our culture doesn't always go hand in hand with what he's saying right here. But yet, we, we need to recognize what he is saying that, look, this is what it means to be a child of God. This is what it means to be a follower of God. It's not what you might have expected. Then I love the next few verses. So let's take a look at those. Verses 27 through 31 now. Um, so he starts this off right here. Uh, but to you who are listening, I say. Now, uh, let me talk about that phrase first. Um, that phrase, as I understand it, it could also be translated um, something to the effect of, but you who are still listening to what I'm saying. So um, I kind of like that in, that uh, that translation here because I think that that's what he's, he's talking about. He's already started in his sermon. He's already proclaiming this message. And then at some point he just says, okay, so for those of you who are still with me, those of you who are still listening to me, listen to this. Because what he's about to say is even more upside down from what we would expect than what he has already said. I mean, listen to these words right here. You read them and we've probably heard sermons about these types of things and we've heard explanations about these types of things. So it kind of makes sense to us, but recognize the first time of hearing these things, yes, you'd recognize they might be similar to what God has already revealed in the law of Moses, but Jesus is taking this to a whole nother level. He oftentimes is doing that. That's why people didn't like his message. That's why people crucified him. Because the message he was proclaiming was a little different. It was harder than what had been in times past. So listen to this. Verses 27 through 31 now. But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. 
Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on uh, one cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks of you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. So here in these, these passages, notice what he is calling us as followers of Christ to do. Beginning in verse 27, he says, okay, so the way that you might respond to your enemies, what way would you naturally do that? And then don't do it that way. He says, love your enemies. He also says in verse 28, bless those who curse you. And he says to pray for those who mistreat you. This doesn't sound like the, the right thing. You know, we might think, well, if somebody curses us, something needs to be done to them because that would be just. But what Jesus is calling for is something that's not just justice. It's mercy. It's beyond justice right here. He's telling us that we need to be people who love our enemies. We need to be people who do good to others, who bless others, who pray for others. Regardless of how they respond to you, this is how you are called to respond to them. These are different values than what they might have been used to. In fact, this would have been different values than what they've been used to. And we see this wonderful summary that it, oftentimes in verse 31 is stated as the golden rule. I love it because it, it is, I mean, it, it just makes sense, doesn't it? Do to others as you would have them do to you. You know, I, I think that this can go a, across the board oftentimes as to how we treat people. That we need to treat other people the way that we would want them to treat us. Jesus has said it here one way. He's also said it in a similar way in the Sermon on the Mount. And it's the way that he lived, too. It's by this golden rule, this rule that we need to be people who treat other people the way we want to be treated. Not, it's not that we treat them the way they treat us. That's what we might naturally want to do. But that's not the call of Christ. The call of Christ is to do better than that. And he also doesn't even just stop right here. He tells us why we need to, need to do better than that. Why do you think it might be? Well, let's pay attention to what he says next. Verses 32 through 38 now. He gives us a reason for all of these things. He says, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who, do, who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So now here in this passage, we see that you know Jesus himself is... He's not just proclaiming this message and saying, oh, this would be a nice way for us all to live, but he actually lived this way. Read the rest of the Gospel of Luke or read any of the other Gospels, and you will see this picture of Jesus who fully lived this out. You know, we, we might sometimes be pretty good examples of these things, but oftentimes we fail. Oftentimes we, you know, like to follow what we want to do to ourselves. Somebody does something mean to us, we do something mean back to them. That's kind of a, a, a natural um, tendency that we might have. 
But Jesus says to resist that, to do better than that. And Jesus himself did better than that so many times. And he tells us the purpose behind it, of course. The purpose behind doing all of these things is to reflect God. Uh, notice what I mean by that and, and why he says that. He actually says that in a few different ways. We look at a few verses right here. He, he tells us about loving our enemies. And whenever he, he says that, um, he speaks about being in verse 35 that you will be able to be a children of the Most High because he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. So the whole purpose behind this is to reflect Christ, to reflect God, to reflect the nature of God. See, God doesn't have to be taught these things. No, the reason why he has to teach us is because, you know, this is his nature. This is who he is. This is how he is. We need to learn to be like God, to be children of the Most High, as verse 35 says. Verse 36 also tells us that we need to reflect our Father because he says, look, we need to be merciful just as your Father is merciful. And he says it in other uh, ways as well, but we see time and time again that he's telling us the purpose behind it, the reason behind it, why you need to do this is we need to be like God. He is kind to people. Uh, we, we see that. And uh, we also are told here about uh, forgiving uh, people. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Uh, Jesus most certainly lived that one out. If you remember even the words that he said on the cross in Luke 23, 34, he says, Father, forgive them. I mean, they were putting him to death. And he said, forgive them. He was reflecting his heavenly father. Shouldn't we be able to learn this lesson as well? and to reflect the image of God. We, after all, have been made in the image of God, haven't we? We've been made to reflect his nature. How good of a job are we doing? Could we do better? I think that sometimes we might do a decent job, but there's almost always going to be some room for improvement. Right here, we need to be people who are merciful. We need to be people who are uh, full of forgiveness. And he also says this last statement right here that would be a Interesting thing to think about in verse 38. He says, for with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Well, if that was quite literally given back to us, what might we do? You know, what might we do differently if we recognize that the measure that we use, it will be measured to us? It might change the way that we interact with one another. It might just change everything about the way we live. Well, guess what? Jesus says, that's exactly the way that it is, that we need to recognize if we ever need to have, if we ever want to have a hope about being forgiven in the future, we need to be people who have learned to forgive right here and right now. And if we expect to receive the love of God in the future, then don't we need to be people who can, who can accept and to give the love of God right here and right now? Jesus is mentioning in the Sermon on the Plain, he's saying things are different than you might have thought of in times past. And he's telling us this is the way that we need to live. It's a whole lot easier for us to just read these things and for then us uh, for, for us to then just move along and to be able to continue on our lives. But Jesus says, don't stop there. Listen to these words. Follow these words. Live like this. Can we live like this? Can we follow Christ and reflect the image and the nature of our Heavenly Father? Lord, shine through.